Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. I like to come home to the light. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Couldn't open my door. You tell me what's good about that. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. It's always cozy time. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. We have weeks to go until we're going to find out there's six more weeks of winter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about What Fresh Hell is Winter? Indeed. Let me tell you, we are we're feeling it. hella freshen. We are fresh Helen over here. Both of us were like... We're soaking in it. Okay, let's do it. Let's record an episode. Once more. We have the winter blues and the winter blahs. <laughs> As you know, Amy, I'm a winter... Not And you don't mean your colors. I'm a winter like colors. Like I look very good in royal blue and raspberry. <laughs> People don't even know what you're talking about. Back in the day, they'd be like, what's your seasonal color? And you could be like a winter or a fall. Right. And it was true. I just, I'm a winter bug. But I mean, I, I was a winter. Like I do look good in those kind of colors. At least my mother tells me so. Like what colors do you look good in? I think I'm a, I don't know what I am. Probably a summer. I don't know. But That's not even what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm a winter bug. I like to be cradling my mug, having some chili in front of the fire as the snow gently falls. Yeah. Little skiing every once in a while. I like it. I like winter. So I'm going to place down my first chip for why winter is terrible. And it's there's a couple of reasons why I think like winter 2023 is particularly like terrible and I hate winter. But the snow, like you said, like no snow. I mean, not in the Northeast. I guess if you're listening to this and you're in Colorado, it's like here has some of ours, please. But this year, it's been just kind of like rainy and 50 and these poor ski resorts. Like I drive by the ski resort that's near my in-laws house and I get so sad. I like can't look west when I'm on the highway. You know what I mean? Like I can't gaze at this sad, sad ski resort with no snow. It's cold and no snow. Yeah. A friend of mine just went, I mean, pull out your violin. She went to like Switzerland or something for a ski vacation. But it's the pictures are crazy. There's like a literal like picture an entirely green mountain with like one strip of snow and like 400 people are trying to like ski down in a line down this one strip of snow. We did it, you guys. But there are definitely places. I think maybe Tahoe, I just was seeing pictures of it's like buried. You can't even ski. It's the snow's too deep. 
If it's a winter wonderland outside, then at least it's fun to be outside. And it's like a little bit of a, an adventure just to put your boots on and get out there. I realize like putting snow pants on a toddler is the worst, but at least they're excited to be outside when there's snow. Your dog is excited to go for a walk when there's snow. If it's just sort of like freezing rain weather, I just, I think that I suffer from seasonal affective disorder. I think I've never been diagnosed with it, but I'm soaking in it. Amy, it can affect up to 10% of people in the United States, and you could be one of them. Yes. I thought this was funny. I pulled some statistics. 9.7% of people who live in New Hampshire report feeling more depressed in the winter months. Only 1.4% of people in Florida do because they get more sunshine. I was recently in Florida, and let me tell you, it's not depressing there at all. The only thing that's depressing is that it's... It is depressing there, but not too hot. for cold reasons. <laughs> there might be other reasons, but not the temperature. Yeah. No, it's definitely... I mean, I was also in Texas over the break, and my sister-in-law... They had had like three days of, I mean, it was 11 degrees when I landed in Austin, Texas. It was cold, cold, cold in December there. Yes, right. So all of you smug, like not here. It was this year. Yeah, it was 11 and then 35 and then like 50. And then the day we were at my sister-in-law's, it was like 74. And she was like, yep, that's it for winter. We're done now. (laughs) It's like they had three cold days. Yeah. And even I, who is a lover of winter, I do get tired. I'm up for about six weeks of winter. And the problem is that it's really more like 12 to 14 weeks. Oh, my gosh. And we're not even at Groundhog Day yet, right? We're not even we have weeks to go until we're going to find out there's six more weeks of winter. As you said, it hasn't really started in New York, at least like it's 57 degrees and pouring gray (laughs) rain today. It's disgusting. (laughs) But right. We really haven't had that's even worse. I have not had my winter coat on uh, maybe three times the entire winter so far. Except for when it was eight below zero on Christmas Eve. It was. See, I made the good. I hightailed it out of town. But even then, like that wasn't good winter. That was okay. Now we actually truly it's not just I don't want to go outside. It's like we may not go outside. I couldn't. We went on Christmas Eve. We were, I mean, stuck like I'll go out to warm up our car because we're going to go out on Christmas Eve to my brother's house. Had to use another car. I couldn't get the door to our car open. It was frozen shut. I mean, when I say I like winter and you tell me winter is good. Listen to me. Listen now. Listen. Wow. Slow your rolling. Amy has sad, which is, you know, she's not usually this hostile on the podcast. I couldn't open my door. You tell me what's good about that. She's a sad sufferer. Okay. So let's give her a little grace and space because she needs it. Mm -hmm. I don't like being stuck outside trying to open a frozen car door. Let's be clear. In the same way that I don't like to walk across pavement when it's 110 degrees outside. Like I don't like the bad parts of it, (laughs) but I don't mind the colds. I would. Now, I am a person, we were just discussing this. If I had to choose, and I believe me, I don't want to choose. I would be unhappy this way. But if I had to choose forever cold or forever hot, I would 100% choose forever cold. Because you can get warm and snuggly. Mm, I'm Mr. Heat Miser. You what? I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I said, that was my response to you. We're just acting out that, <laughs> that old deluxe alert. Back in my day. I misses, what is it? Fro- freeze something? Heat Miser? Snow Miser. Snow Miser. Correct. All right. But not perfect opposites. It's heat miser and snow miser, not like freeze miser. I don't know. Don't ask me. I am a snow miser and you are a heat miser. And that's just the way we roll. Now, listen, is winter perfect? It is not. I don't like when it's below 
25 degrees, 30 degrees. I don't really like. I like it when it's just snowy. You like a one kind of winter. I like to be cozy. You like a courier in knives, 30 degrees, light snow falling outside, and a beautiful window to look at it. That's what I like. I mean, me too, I guess. And I like to be inside. That's a very key point of my enjoyment of winter. And I was in L.A. for a long time. Never had winter. And when I came back, I was dreading winter. But I'm set up well for winter. I have a pull-in garage, which, by the way, involves two full days of cleaning out when it starts to get cold because it fills with junk. Yeah. So I do have a pretty easy winter life. I go down to the garage. I get in the car. I drive places and then I pretty much go inside like I'm not I would not like winter if I was a had a job where I had to work outside or B had to spend a lot of time outside or had to go outside (laughs) or had to go outside. I like looking at like I like all of my life. I like looking at it through a pane of glass from my couch. You like winter, but you have a pulling garage. You'd never have a door you couldn't open on your car. I like winter, but I've set up my life to interact with it as little as possible. But when it snows, I like to go frolic in the snow. I like to go skiing, which we don't do very often. And, you know, as you said lately, like there's no snow anywhere on the East Coast, so we're not doing it all. But yes, I do. I like to look at winter, gently frolic in winter, and then run back in and be, I got, I invested, and I will tell you the best investment of my life. I invested in a really nice bed cover. Like, it's not a duvet. It's not the crinkly, you know, feather bed blanket. It's a just a really good blanket that I love. And I like to burrito up in my bed and read a book when it's chilly. I don't like to be warm. I like to be cozy in the cold. That's my perfect temperature. I mean, I, your winter, like, I could do that. Yeah. Cozy in a blanket with snow falling outside. Like, I, I'm signed up for that. It's just all the other parts. You're down. Well, you also live in the city, so you've got to trudge about. There's much more trudging. Exactly. I don't have like a yeah car in the garage. Yeah, I have to walk and or walk to the subway, right, to go somewhere. So, wow, wow. Yeah, and then you have to be freezing cold with your giant jacket, and then you've got to be yep. boiling hot in the subway with your giant jacket, and then you've got to trudge around. I get it. I'm set up for a very cozy winter lifestyle, therefore I love winter, but I will say... The one huge downside, love the cold, hate the dark. I will say that the 430 sunset does not do me any favors. Can we go back to the seasonal affective disorder because it's about sunlight. It isn't about cold. It's about light. They hypothesize. I mean, I throw around that I think I have seasonal affective disorder, but I thought for this episode, I'd be like, okay, what is it really? And they don't really know why people have it. But one hypothesis. right? It's like PTSD. It's something people say, but they don't actually have it. Right. And I don't mean to make light of it. Like, I'm like, oh, I hate winter. I have, I have seasonal affective disorder. Like, there are people who, like, need antidepressants, but only in the winter. Like, this can really take its toll on people. Why it happens, they don't know. But they suggest that it is shorter photo periods, which is hours of daylight, and less intense light in the winter, which means your retina, if you're vulnerable to seasonal affective disorder, because some people apparently aren't, your retina doesn't get enough photons. And then, you know, then you're just like, what's the point of going on? Yeah, we're in deep. So my retina 
needs more photons, which is why you need photons for your retina. Like you need a light box. I don't have one of those, but they have like, you know, light boxes that you can sort of sit by that supposedly really help people. Is a light box a specific kind of light? Like I have a ring light when we record. Is that close enough or do you need a specific kind? You have to get the one with photons. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I think you need a really expensive, specific UVA, UVB, I don't know. Yeah, that'll make you feel better. Or you just sit in the sunlight. Like I have one room of my house. My house is, I live in an apartment. It's very glass. It's very cold in the winter of my apartment because it's, it's a modern glass building. So it's like being in a greenhouse. So it can be very cold in my apartment, but not when it's sunny. When it's sunny, only on one, like in one room of the house gets like hot and I'll sit in there in my short sleeves whenever it's sunny out. I can take a sunny winter day, but one dreary winter day like I'm looking at right now and it's like, well, I don't know what's the point really. Yeah, low gray sky. The low gray sky, sometimes we'll get like a straight month of low gray sky where it just feels like you're like under a wet cotton ball all day and it does get a little depressing. I'm not going to lie. That weather is depressing. I do find, and the pandemic really helped me with this, getting outside, even though it's winter, is very important. And when I, the pandemic led me to this in terms of like, we would gather with people and sit outside and we have now set up our porch full Danish baby style. Like there's a heater and zero gravity chairs that have blankets. And I will sit out there in quite cold weather in a way that before the pandemic, I never would have done. I would have been like, it's cold, you're inside. And being out, because the thing is, once you're moving, you're not usually that cold. And even if you're just walking, I find, I mean, if it's, we don't tend to have a ton of nine degree days in New York. If it's nine degrees, I stay inside. I, I got nothing to do with nine degrees. But if it's anywhere between like 25 and 40 and not like a biting wind that's ripping your face skin off, you can walk pretty well, and it is nice to be outside in the winter. I like it. I have two people who agree with you that I want to respond with. One is this guy I didn't even get. I just happened to see this yesterday. Huberman, he has this huge podcast like Huberman Labs. It's all about like hacking your life and longevity and, you know, like a really jacked up dude. And he cited research saying, and I needed to hear this, like a day like today, like I said, I'm looking at, what'd you call it? Low gray sky? Today's low gray sky. It's like, well, I'm not going to go outside. That's just like making me more miserable. But he said, no, 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 you need in the winter, you need light. You need the photons, the light that you can only get from being outside. And you're fooling yourself if you think that you're not getting any of that light on a cloudy day. Like it's still better than staying inside. So rainy, cloudy, nice, not nice. You need to get outside. There's something about being outside in outdoor light that will improve your well-being, even if you don't think it will. So I thought that was useful because I didn't think I'd get anything out of today. I'm all for it. Except for with respect to Mr. or Dr. Huberman, I don't know. Oh, I think he's just a dude. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's not a doctor. I, he's just a dude. All right, dude Huberman. I mean, he's quoting somebody else. I'm not going outside in the rain. I'm not doing it. I don't like to get wet. Well, I have to walk the dog because, again, I live in New York City, so I can't just let her out. And that's why I don't have a dog. I see people with dogs in the rain, and I'm like, that's why I don't have a dog. I, I don't want to go. I never want to be out in the rain. I was just watching a little TikTok or something, and it was a kid in Amsterdam, maybe. There was a lot of bikes around. And it was like, look how cute this is. And it was a little kid in a rain outfit. And then he walked over a puddle, and he walked back, and he laid down in it, like with like, oh, the kids, and look at the joy children have. And my only reaction was like, ew. 
I just don't. That playing in the rain, I get no joy. The kissing in the rain scene from the movies, no thank you. I don't do the rain. That's out for me. Well, the second thing I wanted to say that that came to mind, uh, Gretchen Rubin has all kinds of things about living a happier life and, you know, all kinds of different resolutions. And one of her main, main resolutions for 2023, which she just shared in a newsletter this week, was to get outside for like 23 minutes a day in 2023. Sort of like no matter the weather, make yourself do it. That studies do show that there are psychological benefits to it. No matter the weather, no matter what you're doing, you can't just be inside. And I feel like I do need to hear that because I'm like, oh, it's rainy. It's gross out. What's the point? I hate winter. Grumble, grumble, stay inside that I might actually feel less that way if I made myself get outside. Maybe I'm willing to consider it. Let's take a break, Amy. I have thoughts. Okay. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trust Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own. And today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. I love Gretchen Rubin, both personally and professionally, but I find that getting outside on my own schedule is better for me than feeling this like must get outside every day in the winter. I just, I can't function that way. I find 
try to get. Yeah, but you do. But you, it's interesting because you do have a practice. I mean, you're not like holding yourself to 23 minutes, but you do it. I don't do it. I mean, I don't have a porch, but. Well, you do get outside because you have to walk your dog, right? What the dog? <laughs> I draw zero pleasure from that. <laughs> I get outside only for quality time in the winter. That's what I'm saying. I don't do it as an errand. I don't do it as a must do. I try to. I have walks that I schedule with people. I have things that I have to do that are outside. I have a couple of times I know I'm going to be outside. If I go to pick up for my kids, we don't have buses in my town and it's not absolutely miserable. I will get outside and talk to people outside of the car. But I find the like get outside every day for your own health drives me in the wrong direction. It gets me into like, this is the misery of winter. Like, I have to force myself to get sun on my face. It's 55 degrees and rainy here. I have the windows open because I like that it's not so cold. I can get a little fresh air in, but I'm not walking outside today. I'm not doing it. I don't want to. Well, I'll do the other way because I don't want to either. But I'm going to try this because I do think that there might be something to this that I don't know. It's like anything like I'm going to exercise every day, not because I want to, but because I exercise every day or I drink a glass of water every morning. There might be something. I'm going to try something different and see if it works. But I have something else I wanted to bring up in terms of this sort of like uh, winter sucks and I hate it. And do you see I hate it? So there's a woman named Catherine Rokeline. She's at the University of Pittsburgh and she studies seasonal affective disorder. And I needed to hear this, too. She says that there is some evidence that the negative anticipation of the days getting shorter, like, uh, I don't function that well in the winter, or here we go, it's going to be dark all the time, I hate winter, and here it comes, that can combine with biological effects of less light to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, I am making my own, I have my negativity bias towards winter, and I am confirming my own, see, I told you it's terrible when I'm assuming it's going to be that way. So, yeah. So her approach to seasonal affective disorder, I mean, it might include medication. It definitely includes like light box, but it also includes CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I talked about in the show before, which you can use to get over all sorts of things. She works with people to identify their negative cognitions about winter and weather and says like can you turn that around and that actually makes people feel better during the winter if they're not so busy grumbling about it should i try that well it's interesting to me that like we as a human race have figured this out to a certain degree in that many major religions have a holiday that comes at the equinox the shortest day of the year that is extremely focused on light so the idea of like Christmas lights. I remember when this actually occurred to me, like, oh, this is happening for a reason that I teach at night. And so often I have to leave my house in the dark to go teach. And the first year we did it, I found it so challenging. And the next year I said, I really want to light the outside of the house, like Christmas lights. And my son and my husband put up, not like Clark Griswold, but like a fair amount of Christmas lights outside the house. And just walking into a light driveway to get in my car and then coming home to a lit house made a huge difference in my ability to go out in the cold, dark night to go teach as I had to. And we also started really going crazy on the indoor lights. Like we lit our little deck outside and then we lit inside and completely lighting up the house in the darkness 
total game changer. And then I had a cousin of mine came over and was kind of goofing on me for having uh, holiday lights still up in February. But I was like, they're not about the holiday. They're about lighting the darkness until while it's still dark at night. I like to have lights on when I come home. I like to come home to a brightly lit house. And the shape of our house is funny in that we have not a lot of windows. And so you can drive up to the house and it looks like a dark box if you're not, you know, even having lights on inside. It doesn't throw a lot of light off just the way our house is shaped and the walls that face the driveway. And so I really like coming home to bright lights. It occurs to me that we're all doing like light box therapy without realizing we're doing it. Yes. And that's, I mean, from the dawn of time, right? It's the festival of lights and like putting candles in the windows. Like there's a reason we've been doing this forever that does not have to do with whatever particular religious holiday we celebrate. Because we understand on a very lizard brain level that we need extra light in the darkness. Mm -hmm. Because it it makes us feel better and it, it gets away from... Like darkness is always right. It's like scary and dangerous and that we need to combat that short day and long darkness with with as much light as possible. And then when you get to the solstice, you can really go with every day gets longer from here. And that's very satisfying. Oh, and we're kind of there. We're already there, guys, right? It's already getting dark at like 4.58 instead of 4.28. It's working. And every day later, you know, that's the thing that I think it's getting to the 21st of December, which is the shortest day that is hard. But we kind of combat that with all the like light up jollies. And then you leave them up. And the holiday thing, the weird thing about the lights, right, is that then we like, well, put them away. It's January 1st. We have to put all the lights away now. Our apartment building, we have bushes out front that are all decorated with lights. And I just asked the superintendent of our apartment building. We have, you know, 60 apartments. I'm like, can we just leave these up? They're not red and green. They're not, they don't say ho, ho, ho. Like they're just white lights on our bushes outside. Same thing, like just to like come home to your building at night and have lights outside. I'm like, can we please leave these up for another month? There's no reason to take that stuff down just because the holiday's over. It's like yet another reason to be depressed. Well, the holidays are over and so are the lights on my house. Well, you could leave them up. Yes, I will take down my snowman in a Santa hat inflatable, but you can pry the colored lights out of my cold February hands because they're staying up. I like to come home to the light. This episode idea actually came from a post in our uh, Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash What Fresh Hellcast. We have over 5,000 parents supporting one another, talking about all sorts of things. So Melanie wrote into our Facebook group and she said, can we talk about the transition out of the festive season and into plain old winter? We went all out celebrating this year and it was wonderful to see my kids, three and one, having a blast. Now things are pretty quiet. I'm a stay-at-home mom in a very rural area where January and February mean cold, ice, and bad roads. Realistically, we're not going to be going many places or seeing many people. Even getting outside with two tiny kids is a big job. Melanie, I do know that. And I'm like, I just get outside. I know that's easy for me to say because I don't have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So Melanie says, how can I help ease my three-year-old back into our normal routine when I tend to be susceptible to winter blahs and burnout this time of year? I can feel the loneliness setting in, Melanie says. Does anybody else mind this time of year or is it just me? No, it's me too, Melanie. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not just you, Melanie. And it is... I think, I mean, the isolation is something we haven't really talked about. And I think it's really interesting. Like I have my best friend's 
sister lives coincidentally in the same town that I live in. And I always think to myself, we have kids different grades, you know, we don't see each other. And then I always will talk to my friend and, oh, have you seen my sister? And I always say, no, it's crazy. I haven't seen her forever. And then I realized it's just winter because in summer I'm walking around, I'm going to the town pool, I'm walking and we run into each other, you know, once or twice a summer. But in the winter, I like have my hood up and I'm, you know, going from my indoor garage to pick up, get in the car, it's cold. Okay, let's run home. Like I'm never just strolling around and running into people. So it's not just the isolation of I'm not making plans to see people. It's the natural rhythms of just strolling and, oh, hi, how are you? You're just sort of in a mode of like, run, fight the cold. Hello, hello, goodbye, run, fight the cold, that you don't have that ease of interaction with people that you do in other seasons. Those interactions I've learned are called micro interactions. Psychologists call them that. And people did a study, some psychologists did a study uh, of, I learned about this for the research I'm doing for my book, that people reported that it was the micro interactions that they missed the most, which is just the like talking to the barista, right? Like, oh, are you going to park there? No, no, you can have it. Oh, thanks. Have a good day. Like, you know, the person next to you rolling out the yoga mat and talking about it's almost sign up for art classes for toddlers. Just those things, those conversations and interactions that you didn't know you were going to have, they just happened. You can't create those with intentionality because they're unintentional. They just happen. Yeah. And you really have so much. That's interesting because I've definitely thought about it in terms of you know, I'm constantly saying to friends, oh, gosh, I haven't seen you in weeks, you know, people, because it's normally, and again, my my school pickup is live and in person, you have to go get the kids. And because of where I live, sometimes the kids walk home, but I live farther out of town, so I have to drive in. And normally, you know, from September to November, and then from April till June, I'm out of the car every day, just running into whoever and chatting. And then, from, you know, November, December, January, February, sometimes March, we're all just sitting in our cars cold and waiting for the kids to come out. And you do miss a lot of interactions and and some of the interactions, which might be like, well, I mean, we have a town pool. So that's a huge daily interaction that I have in the summer of like, who's ever there, you sit and chat with them for three hours while your kids, there's not that same opportunity. And we get much more isolated as a family. You know, the things that we do tend to be like, all right, everybody get in the car and we'll do something together and then we'll come home. And even for my kids who tend to, in the warmer months, like ride their bikes around or hang out with friends or walk into town after school, they're not doing those things because it's cold. Our listeners on our Facebook group, as they always do, had some amazing ideas for how to make this winter blossom season a little bit easier because Melanie is not alone. Everybody feels this way. Can we take a break? And when we come back, uh, let's talk about some of their best ideas. Love it. We'll be right back. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while 
still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, a blizzard action plan for moms. From the What Fresh Health Podcast. All right, moms, we've got a storm headed our way. We need a plan. Step one, forget the Weather Channel. Get on your local Facebook moms group. Those ladies will know everything from precise atmospheric conditions to who's making the cancellation call at the bus garage. Next up, make an emergency grocery run. Yes, this may involve engaging in physical violence against neighbors in the bread aisle. But listen, you don't want to be stranded without toast. Don't forget to set expectations and prepare your kids for the worst. School may not be canceled. Also, don't forget to set expectations and prepare yourself for the worst. School may be canceled. Okay, school's canceled. Day one. It's time for a super fun day of sledding, cinnamon rolls, and board games. Uh-oh. School is canceled day two. Let's dial it down, people. We're doing frozen pizzas and a full day in front of the TV. Okay, school is canceled day three. Time to tunnel out and make a run for it Shawshank style. Goodbye, family! This has been a Blizzard Action Plan for Moms. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. I had one factoid about seasonal affective disorder that I wanted to make sure to say because I never knew this until I researched it. Women are far more likely to suffer from it. Amy, I'm always up for a factoid. Women are two to nine times more likely to suffer from seasonal affective disorder than men, depending on the study. Why do we think that is? Is it? Huh. Why? They think hormones, maybe. You know, they don't know why, but it shows up in study after study that it's a female thing. So, sisters... We're sad. I think also the isolation. The isolation is worse for women, I think. Well, that's a good point. I think the need for connection and the lack of connection is probably harder. <laughs> harder on the ladies. I believe that. 
Okay, so our Facebook group had some great listener suggestions for what works for them during the winter doldrums that we are in to make things a little easier. Let's go through some of these because they were really good. Monica is with us. She says she likes to leave up the twinkle lights until spring. She keeps some winter-themed decorations out, snowflake crafts, blankets and pizza and TV time. I have found that blanketry, good blanket game, is an extreme key to happiness at my house. We have a collection. Again, this started during the pandemic. I went over to a friend's house who's kind of fancy, and she had a whole setup outside with electric, matching electric blankets that like plugged in to her matching chairs. It was a whole little wonderland setup of outdoor perfectness. And I tried to replicate it. Of course, it was a complete mess for me. I kept leaving the blankets out. They got snow on them. They got wrecked. I couldn't pull it off because I'm not fancy like that. But I did invest and I mean invest, not spend a lot of money and get, I don't know, five or six of those big I don't even know what the it's like cozy. I don't even know. It's not chenille. It's like the uh, fuzzy, cozy blankets. Yes, I know what you mean. You can get them at home goods for like 20 bucks. Yeah. And so I have maybe five or six of them. And I put some blanket baskets out and about. One of them is a weighted blanket that my sister gave me. And it's always cozy time. Like it's just grab a blanket. Now, does it involve yelling, stop leaving blankets out and folding blankets and being rageful about that. It does. But on the flip side, there's always a blanket nearby to cozy up in. And that makes me happy. I like small investment, large reward, basket of comfy blankets. I am all about the blankets in our cold apartment, but I have a housekeeping tip for you because we have tons of these fuzzy blankets from Home Goods. I don't fold them, I throw them behind the couch. We put them out of sight behind the couch. We have two couches we sit on the both have blankets. Just hide them behind the couch. And if somebody needs a blanket, they're right there behind the couch. But you don't have to look at the messy blankets all the time. I have to to see how I can integrate that. We don't have a behind the couch. We have one couch against the wall. But I think maybe allowing the blankets to be unfolded in the baskets would be an improvement to my life. We're just going to have to settle that as our new aesthetic. I think I can make it work. Laura is a rebrander after my own heart. And she makes the point that she went right from Christmas to snowman month that she leaves up for her kids. Glitter snowflakes, white balls, snowballs, blue and snowflake garland and snowmen. You can leave all that stuff around. I had never thought of that. There's no reason. I mean, leave up Santa too if you want. But if it's snow themed... It's totally appropriate and you should leave it up. Yeah. And we committed on our deck now. It's year round. We bought a garland of, they're like the larger bulbs. They're not like, uh, they're kind of like cafe lights, maybe you would call them. They're like large light bulbs on a string. Like almost picture like an oldie timey light bulb that goes in a lamp, almost like that inverted on a string, slightly smaller than that. And those we leave up year round because they're cafe lights. They're not. And so in the summer, they kind of look like, oh, yes, it's for sitting outdoors. And my husband actually put them on some sort of timer. So they turn on at sunset and turn off. Love that. And yes, I think, I mean, as I said, we have, if you come to our house in February, you will see what are called Christmas lights. They are colorful lights strung up, but they're staying up. Judge me if you want. I like to have a lot of light around. They're rebranded as colorful cafe lights. Correct. 
<laughs> Brianna says she does indoor winter activities, but the important part is keep them simple. She says, look for winter printables and toddler-friendly crafts on Pinterest, etc. Keep your expectations low on how the things turn out, Brianna says. Focus on your kid just enjoying the process. That switch in mentality has made activities much more enjoyable for me. We aren't creating masterpieces. I'm very glad for Brianna to weigh in because I do have to acknowledge something. My kids are 10, 12, and 14. I winter with children under five and winter with children over 10 is a totally different ballgame. Like my kids, and I offer this to you with all hopefulness, my kids can now dress themselves to go outside, play outside, and then come home and take all their clothes off. Now, do they leave them everywhere? Is it a wet mess? Yes. But they throw them in the front hall. Yeah. <laughs> it's so different. I mean, having children under five. I mean, basically, when I had children under five, I lived in L.A. But even five to ten, it's a total nightmare. Every morning you wake up and it's like my kids are now the kids who wear like hoodies and track pants every single day, even if it's 20 degrees outside. But dealing with like getting coats and mittens and hats on in the morning and getting them out to school and they have to be dressed correctly for recess, it was the bane of my existence. And I offer to you that winter with children under 10 is a completely different ball game. Like there's nowhere to go. You can't get them outside. Now with my kids, they can either be on screens or reading a book or maybe playing a board game as a family and then go outside and play a little bit and come in and have a pretty good day. When my kids were five to 10 and we lived in New York in the cold, I'm going to say I hated winter and it was a nightmare. Yeah, or zero to five in, in New York City and the double stroller and, you know, bundling them up so you can go somewhere because you have to go somewhere. You have to get out of your Absolutely apartment. horrible. It stinks, but the forced, I think it does help. So Michelle, her advice is, yes, get outside. Plan to get out of the house every day for something small. Library story time, rec center, open gym, coffee in your friend's living room, stroller walk. Realistically, Michelle says some days it won't be possible to leave because of road conditions. So get out when you can. This is specifically to Melanie. It was like, I, I live in a pretty remote place and it's really hard to get out. I do think as much as it sucks to put snow pants on a toddler it is worth it for them. You know, you have to run them like dogs, right? Like take them to the park and go outside. And it doesn't, they care less that it's gray and rainy than we do. And I think the benefits of getting them outside are worth it when you get home. But I, I didn't want to do it back in the day. Huge. And I would say like, this is a good time to go back to the whiteboard schedule for the day if that helps you, which it really helped me. Like, I would say seven o'clock to nine o'clock breakfast, cozy PJs and blankets on the couch and we watch Frozen or whatever. Nine o'clock get dressed, get out to something, you know, 12 o'clock lunch. And you can build in a ton of blankets on the couch and watching stuff. But I think when I had little kids in the winter, it just felt like I opened my eyes at 7 a.m. and just thought, I have nothing to do and 400 things to do at the same time in terms of getting three kids dressed appropriately for the weather, getting out anywhere. I mean, a grocery store one would just break my mind for the day, you know, getting all the kids dressed up and out to the store. Oh, total nightmare. And then everyone's hot in the store. Oh, and you're losing the gloves. Absolutely terrible. But there's like a kind of hard at 4 p.m. when you had to schlep them to the grocery store and home. And then there's a different kind of hard when nobody's gone anywhere 
all day. And they're both, I mean, choose your heart, right? They're, they're both hard. It's hard to take them somewhere and it's hard to have cranky kids who haven't been anywhere. I found for my mental health, I really needed to know that like, okay, I'm going to get two hours of blanket couch time if I get through the adding to the grocery store. And then we're going to just having like running it kind of like a preschool. I had three really closely spaced kids. And that if I tried to just go into a winter day with no plan at all, there would be tears on everyone's part by the end of the day. And still with my plan and my whiteboard, there were still tears, but it at least had that feeling. And then the other thing you can really do is start bedtime at 530, like baths and stuff really, really early because it is a short day and there's not a lot to do. And it's mostly about filling the time. You know, it's a good, if you really are home with little ones, what I'm going to do with them, go back and listen. I'll put a link in the show notes to one of our uh, early pandemic episodes, which was called, How Are You Going to Keep These Kids Busy? That was just this for very different reasons, obviously, but we really were like, we're stuck inside. What do we do now? And the most important takeaway we had from the entire pandemic was never interrupt a happy quarantining <laughs> wintertime child, right? If bath time is 5.30 and your two kids are still splashing at 6.10, it doesn't matter that dinner was supposed to be at 6. It doesn't matter. Happy kids, occupied kids is a win for you. Let things take as long as they need to. Yeah, absolutely. So let the schedule go when it works for you. But if 5 to 6 is quiet reading time, you can start that with a three-year-old, you know, that that's what we're doing. It's quiet reading time. And so everyone, you don't have to do anything except for have a book in your hands and be quiet. You don't have to read, but you do have to participate in quiet reading time. And I think it helps set up boundaries that really help you more than they help your kids. Yes. But there's also a reassurance. I think there is a sort of a human feeling of being held and being safe, right? Your kid likes to know we're doing this for an hour and then it's going to be hot chocolate bar time or whatever. You can brand it, go with it, lean into the cute. Lean in, people. Before we go, I have to recommend one of my favorite books and episodes ever of the What Fresh Hell podcast, where we talked to Catherine May, who wrote the book Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. It's about wintering as a concept, but it's also really about how to take winter as a season of rest and retreat. It's just such a beautiful book and such a beautiful concept. And just look for What Fresh Hell, Catherine May, and you'll find that episode. And I just, and she's got a absolutely soothing British accent. And I re-listen to that episode every winter myself, and it still speaks to me. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, because it's like, it's letting go of what I got out of that book and that episode is you need to let go of wishing it were different. Like there's a seasonality to things. Again, metaphorically and literally, like if I stop spending so much winter time wishing it were different, wishing it weren't winter, that I will enjoy the season that I'm in more when I accept it for what it is. Yes. Agree. All that low gray sky. <laughs> oh, low gray sky. I don't love you, but I do love winter. Amy hates it. You've gotten both perspectives today. So here's to just surviving it day by day in wintertime, friends. And here's something that you can do with your winter days that will help the What Fresh Hell podcast. So all you do is go to Apple Podcasts, search for What Fresh Hell, and you'll see the opportunity to subscribe to What Fresh Hell Plus. Subscribe to that. You'll get ad-free feed and bonus content. Thanks so much for listening, friends. We will talk to you next time. So long. 
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.